Copacetic from the DC metro area covering Courtney Love's second most beautiful girl in the world and you're listening to the Monday mixtape on Open Lines Radio. My name is Mark and you can find me on Instagram as at n.ether. Go follow me there, post usually something daily and also be sure to follow at Art Bell is Dead for updates on all the cool new programming we have coming on here at Open Lines Radio. And speaking of cool new programming notes, this show you're listening to right now, Monday Night Music is what we used to call it. I didn't like it. We came up with a new title. It's been named the Monday Mixtape. We have a winner. We will have the winner of that contest um, on the show in a couple weeks to play her music, listen to her playlist, and hear what musical influence... musical influences are in her life and what they mean to her. But tonight, tonight you're in for a treat. I had the pleasure of sitting down with Soraya the Great and Taylor Bruckle from the band of Rosie Copacetic the other day and tonight we're going to listen to their new EP the pneumonia EP and you can download this you got to download this you got to get this music in your life you can get it at rosiecopacetic.bandcamp.com the links will be on artbellisdead.com you can get there through there 
download this music, stream this music, get this music. If you're still the person that's using a CD, burn this onto a CD to listen to in your boombox, I guess, <laughs> for you're listening to CDs. But just get this music in your life, whatever it takes. And I don't even want to want to waste any more time talking about anything because I just want to get to you listening to them talk about their music. They're such great people, uh, Soraya the Great and Taylor Buckle. And um, let's have a listen to what they had to say. I want to talk about the Pneumonia EP. And um, it's okay. not a random title, is it? You were really sick when you started working on these songs. Yes, that's true. Uh, it was originally called something else, and I'm not going to share what in case we decide to use that title. We will probably use it for something yeah, else. it was a really good title. So, <laughs> um, you got to hang on to those good titles. Yeah, right? They're not easy to come by. Uh, yeah, originally Taylor and I had written um, a host of songs, and we had intended to write another set of songs to round out the set, and it was going to be a full album. And then I got really sick, and uh, we had... He had actually helped... He carded me to a show that I bought tickets to before I got sick. We went and saw Noel Gallagher and his High Flying Birds. And um, after the show, as we sat and had a meal, and I tried to gather the strength to sit in the car for another however long to go home, we, we sort of looked at each other and we went, mm, is this an album, though? Does it need to be an album? I don't think we're making an album anymore. I think that this is an EP. I think that we can just start here now like let's do this to back up though the the sickness oh yeah the sickness <laughs> <laughs> the title <laughs> the sickness is pretty serious um so an interesting thing happens when you think that everything is fine and dandy and you realize that physically everything is fine and you know spiritually things might be okay and mentally things might be okay but okay is not necessarily good enough and when those three things aren't as a hundred percent as they should be everything starts to fall apart and that's what happened with my health and I was hospitalized for sepsis for a week uh, and the sepsis was caused by a string of diseases that were plaguing me and uh, after the sepsis cleared I still had all of the diseases to contend with including pneumonia so the pneumonia lasted for a really long time and um, we sat down on my floor when I was really sick like, I had just gotten out of the hospital, and we went, all right, this is it. Let's just demo these songs. Like, let's just do this. And I think we did it just so that I would feel better and just so that we were, you know, hanging out and being productive. But it ended up being the beginnings of the EP. Nice. Well, not yeah. nice, because I guess you were sick. But I think a lot but... of, a lot of uh, I think if you even listened last week to um, the open lines that we did when we, we were talking about tarot, um, Eric... Uh, who was a tarot reader on that was taught he created a tarot deck out of this 101 degree fever uh, i think um, a lot of times if, if, if you're if you're positive and, you, and you're productive during those times of crazy sickness you can really pull out a lot of art yeah i mean great things happen you're you're in a new headspace you know it's not it's not a place where you normally exist and um, it isn't an inherently negative. I mean, it is inherently negative. You're, I was dying, but um, but from that, we were able to, you know, bring the pneumonia EP to life, which is great. Nice. Now, the the first the first song on the pneumonia EP, "Sainted Path," the mm -hmm. the vocals of that, those were recorded when you were still pretty sick. Yes. Yeah. We well, we started this um this whole process, of course, uh, like Soraya just said, during that that time and so it was a it was a gradual process of 
re-recording and recording over things and, and building up the tracks that way. And there were certain things once we got to the end and, and looked back um, that we didn't want to re-record. And by we, I mean I didn't, <laughs> I didn't let us re-record because uh, there was something just so nice about, about the way that those uh, vocals came out just in the thick of it all. Um, there was something really, really, uh, I would say, uh, what's what's the word I should use here? I don't want to say authentic because because I I have a complicated relationship with authenticity. We both do. Yeah. Um, but there was something about the the feeling behind behind the take that we got while uh, while it wasn't. Sorry, let me let me start over on that sentence. Well, can I? I'm gonna interrupt. This was a point of contention between us, actually. We yeah. We haven't argued or disagreed seriously about anything, but these vocals were were a constant thorn in Taylor's side because I kept telling him, hey, you know what would be great is if we re-recorded that, and oh, we're re-recording that, and hey, did you know also that we're going to re-record that? And the problem was that it didn't stop with pneumonia. After the pneumonia and after I got over the initial wave of diseases, things kept coming. I had bronchitis, I had a sinus infection, I had strep throat again, it was a mess. So I was never in a place where I was fully healthy um, and where I could, where I could you know, do a really good, clean vocal take, but I kept insisting it's going to happen. And uh, we did eventually redo the vocals, and listening back to them, we, we kind of, I begrudgingly agreed that Taylor was right. Um, <laughs> the original sickly vocal take had something special about it. And, and more than the sickness, I don't want to say that it was because you were sick, and that, that made it more real, um, but I, I do feel like there's something to, if you try to overthink things like that, if you try to force it, if you try to you know, if you if you really um, if you really push things too hard that way, then you're just not going to get what what you think you're going to get. And so we went back to a vocal take where we hadn't been thinking about it so much, and we had just been hanging out, having fun, working on these songs, and that turned out to be the best version of that for us. Yeah. Nice, nice. I like that. The cool thing about the EP is, if uh, is this is a fun Easter egg, I think, if you listen to it <clears throat> from start to finish, um, you can sort of hear how I get like progressively healthier because <laughs> uh, we did we did use some newer vocal takes for for especially for chin up and for quantum quantum was the last thing that we did because for me to hit that falsetto and to be able to do all the vocalizing was a real stretch for for my body um, but you can hear like I think sainted path is probably the most diseased sound <laughs> <laughs> we spent a lot of time with quantum not wanting to look at or think about it mm -hmm. that was the very last track that we we did any work on at all I don't think we started it until we had a pretty firm grasp on the other ones. Yeah, even at band practices, we wouldn't even play the song anymore. We just sort of, it was in our back pocket, and we knew we're going to get to Quantum eventually, but now it's not its time. It's not, we're not ready for that yet. Interesting. Yeah. I, and, and this is going to be sound funny, but I'm not ready for Quantum yet either. I, <laughs> I want to talk to you about Quantum, but not yet. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's your show. Put a pin in that. Because <laughs> I have some things to say about Quantum, but... Um, but first, I want to talk about some of these other songs. Since we're going to be playing these other songs in order, I want to kind of talk about them as, as they're going to be playing. This is Sainted Path, the first song off the Pneumonia EP by Rosie Copacetic. Cheers. 
watch your granddad. for me. to granddad. for your granddad. <laughs> he trapped the will. <laughs> that was Geriatric Jish, the second song on Rosie Copacetic's new EP, the Pneumonia EP. Uh, let's get back to more of the interview. Bandcamp page, um, you guys have labeled yourself as post-authentic, post-ironic, proto-futurist. And what I love about geriatric Josh is it fits right in with that post-ironic that you you guys say. Because <laughs> when you first listen to it, you think this is a funny little song, but it's not, is it? Like you're not being <laughs> ironic at all. You mean it, or at least the character in the song means it. There's a point where it's no longer a joke. Uh, right. Yeah, wh- whether you interpret that as as you know the intention behind the song or as the character who sings the song, songs are wonderful opportunities for fiction and narrative and those kinds of things. Um, but also sometimes there's a grain of truth to that. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that song. That song gets stuck in my head. <laughs> it, it was an early favorite among our, our families and, and the people that we showed these songs to, for sure. Um, I think there was a point where we we sort of reacted against that and we said, well, we shouldn't record that then because that's not, you know, the way we want to present ourselves. Um, But we, I mean, it it is how we want to present ourselves, really, because uh, um, something that that I think is very cool about it is that um, on this EP, uh, anytime we've got kind of a more serious song, there's a there's a silliness to it. And there's a there's a um, there's a humor 
and any time we have a more humorous song, there's sort of a, an element of seriousness to it. And I, I, I very much, uh, I, I think that's one of my favorite things about the way that we write songs together. Nice. Nice. I like it. You guys, I, I don't want to, and I hesitate to do this because I don't want to, I, I hate when, and maybe I won't, because I, I hate when people do it when they say you're kind of a mix between this and this, you know? But but listening, yeah, yeah. To, but listening to it, I don't know if you've heard of uh, of Jenny Owen Young's. It's kind of a mix between that and the Connells from the '90s, and oh, it's nice. just it's like this. It's so cool the way like I, I don't even know. It's like it's got this. It's it, it's a style all its own though. Like like to say that just kind of cheapens it. Like I really love what you guys are doing. Well, when we were writing that song, actually, it was it was our friend Alonzo who who came up with a bass line for that, yeah. and who who used to play bass with us. Um, and uh, well, I, I'm gonna just dial back a second and actually say that Alonzo played bass for us for a while, and he wasn't a bassist. Yeah. And the way that Alonzo joined the band was that he approached me and he said, "Hey, do you need a bassist in your band?" And I asked him, "Yeah, do you play the bass?" And he said, "No." And then. <laughs> We got in my car, we went to his friend's house, he borrowed his friend's bass, and then he came to band practice. And he sat there, and he just—he was just messing around, and he came up with this riff, and I stopped, and I said, what is that? Can we have that? Did somebody else already write that, or can we use that? And from there, I wrote Geriatric Josh. It was a matter of, of a, and from extrapolating from that, it was, uh, it was, it was nothing at all very fancy. I, I just kind of uh, slapped that riff into a... Um, 12 bar blues, you know, chord pattern. And we went from there uh, for the verses. And that was, um, and, and you know, the cowbell was a natural. It had to have a cowbell. The I think cowbell. that was the first thing I knew about. Well, and the little riffs that you, you play too, Taylor. Are, like, it's, like, <laughs> it's like, man, I can't, like, people need to be hearing this. It's like so good. <laughs> Thank you. That was all, the, the, um, the acoustic guitar riffing was all very spur of the moment. It was all, uh, that's, it's one of the things on the CP that I think if I had taken more time with, I could have uh, maybe done something different. I won't say better. I will say different uh, there. I, I might have wanted, but uh, I'm, I'm very happy with the way it turned out. And uh, um, and, I, and I really liked that, uh, w- you know, that we didn't spend too much time thinking about it uh, because it was important. But but we also had fun with it. That's yeah. another important thing about this whole project is we didn't allow each other to, to I don't want to say harp (laughs) um but i have a tendency to like harp on on my creative projects and and it's not even about perfectionism it's just that i'll know when it's done and i'll know when it's right and uh because there's two of us there's just no room for that especially because i was sick it was like look the whole point of this is just to do it and get it done and do it well and you know not worry too much about it and i think that was an instance where it was like okay we've got this this sounds good for now if something else comes up, then it comes up. But for now, we're moving on. We're, we're working here sort of with the two perspectives of um, perfect as the enemy of good mm-hmm. and good enough is the enemy of perfect. And we're sort of always at odds that way, in a, in a way where we always sort of end up finding a middle ground where there's something that we're both happy enough with to, to move on to other things. Yeah, yeah. Well, together you do great because it's all, it's, it's all just, it's just like... I don't know, even like if to go back to seeing the path with the little choo choo <laughs> noises oh in the background okay. are so cool. So many of their things in Sane and Path were accidental discoveries, which I'm so excited about. We uh, we knew when we started this band we were gonna be a little bit punk because I didn't really play any instruments. Um, but I have, you know, experience messing around on a keyboard and I've got rhythm and we knew we were gonna be synthy and it was gonna be fine. Taylor plays the guitar, we'll make this happen. So we were messing around with different synths and different noises and I don't even 
honestly remember the progression of what sounds came when in Sacred Path, but there were so many things where we'd, we'd do something and then we'd be like, okay, let's turn some knobs and see what happens. And we turned a couple knobs and all of a sudden... We got that... Yeah, yeah that's... The Super Mario World synth, I, I think of it as. My, uh, all my Pee-wee's Playhouse dreams coming true. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was just, uh, I, to be honest with you, I can't remember what parameters we tweaked to, got, to get that. It was a, it was a synth plugin. Um, I used the uh, Tweakbench kind of suite of synth plugins, um, which are very uh, wonderful little, little uh, toys and uh, um, inexpensive as well. And that was a synth called Triforce. And uh, and it was just a few knob turns that got us to that, and then it was just a matter of, of building the. Honestly, I think we built the rest of that instrumental around that yeah. synth because yeah. we knew we knew then that that was going to be where the song was going. Um, after we had we had laid that over just after the acoustic guitar and vocals. Cool. So For cool. me, that was a moment of like, oh my god, this is it. This is every dream that I've ever had coming true. <laughs> this is what we're building the rest of the band around. <laughs> it was. I think the best part of this uh, whole process is that um, every single little thing we would we would try, I think, would just be kind of a delight to you. Yeah. Like <laughs> the, the thing about this CP was the novelty. I think for you, uh, and not to say that I'm totally jaded about all this stuff, but the novelty for you of never having produced music that way before. And so we, there would be moments where I would say, "Well, what if we did this?" And I'd play you something, and like we would have to stop because you would bust out <laughs> laughing. And just like fall back over, like like you just did, and, and clap, and like fall over and laugh. Like a small child. Yes, with just like and no, but I love that about about just the enthusiasm for all the different possibilities and the and the different uh all the just the potential of all these tracks, uh and and the different things that we could do with them. Yeah, it seems like um, she's she pulled like you've done this a, a few times, and so you're kind of in your groove, you're kind of set in your ways, and she's able to bring that childlike mind into it and maybe pull you <laughs> out of your ruts that you're in. That's the thing, and I, and I was in a rut, uh, you know, when we got started on this. Um, and when we started recording, I had been working on a solo project that I had been sort of beating my head against the wall with. And so um, it, it, it was a matter of, uh, of uh, I was thinking in very practical terms, and Soraya was thinking in very whimsical uh, Yes, which is which is you need both of those because all of one and it's just boring, and all of the other and uh, and uh, well, actually, all of the whimsy maybe isn't a bad thing. You don't um, get as much done with all of the. You don't get as much done. Well, without um, without without the that that steady foundation, the whimsicals just whimsical. You know what I mean? It's not. It, yeah. You got to have something to anchor that to. So that's yeah. why it works but, so good. It was a lot of times a matter of, of an idea and then of, of somebody having to say, well, we can't do that, but what we can do is this other <laughs> thing that's very close to that and uh, attainable. And, um, and so, it, it, but, it, but it, it's, again, it's a constant kind of negotiation. It's a, it's a perfect is the enemy of good, good is the enemy of, of uh, perfect kind of thing, right. again. Right. Cool, cool. Well, let's talk about quantum. Let's. I think, I think now you say you, you saved it to the end. You always had it in your head. And maybe because you had it in your head and thought about it for a while. But to me, anyway, it's like this is probably the most ambitious song on the EP. It's, it's like listening to an epic poem. It's like <laughs> yeah. it, it really kind of takes you. Well, I guess it takes you to a quantum level. Yeah, uh, I, I don't write a lot of love songs. It's not my usual M.O., um, and so uh, I did kind of set about this one very consciously wanting to do that. Um, but, uh, should I just go into the backstory of that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, uh, I'm in a long distance, long-term relationship right now. Um, 
with my partner Chris, and she is uh, she's in grad school right now. Um, and so I, I had this this idea of um, I, I used to be a huge science nerd. I tried to major in physics in school. I, I'm just saying I didn't end up majoring in science in school. I didn't work out for me. Though. Yeah. <laughs> but I used to love this concept of um, of uh, you know particles on the quantum level that respond to each other no matter how far apart you put them. There's that concept of I couldn't tell you what the names of the, the actual particle is. Um, I just know that they've done experiments uh, that I heard about when I was younger about about that phenomenon. And uh, I was really interested in that. And also, I had once seen, a, uh, I believe it was an episode of Through the Wormhole, where they were talking about consciousness and this theory that consciousness might be coded into the universe on a quantum level, um, which, again, is, is, is one of those things that's not technically provable, but people are, are talking about. But I, I really was in love with this idea that, that love is this, is, this, uh, is this kind of undercurrent to the universe, and it's this, it's this sort of invisible binding thing um, that's just sort of coded into the way things are, are connected to each other. And so I, so I wanted to write a character who was, who was thinking on, on that level and also give it kind of a space opera sort of feel to it. I, I wanted to, um, I, I wanted to sort of to blow that up to, to massive proportions. Yeah. And you did it. You did it well. Thank you. There, there's a lot, there's a lot going on in that song. You've got a lot, I mean, there's just, like I can't believe there's just two of you. Like there's so much going on in that song. That, that... One of the one of the uh, kind of musical sleight of hand things there is that we did use a chorus uh, um, sort of sample there um, because uh, one of the one of the tweak bench plugins I was using is a Mellotron um, synthesizer, and uh, and one of the you know sounds of that is is the choir sound, and so on on the choruses uh, we we I think that was a moment where we were kind of. Again, where something clicks that we hadn't thought of before was this idea of, of having this um, choir sound behind everything. Um, Quantum is interesting compared to the other things that we worked on because all of the songs, um, with the exception of Casual Jaundice, which was a product of the EP as we were working on the EP, but everything else had already been written and we knew what they sounded like. And we were very familiar with them. We've been playing them for almost, you know, almost a year. I mean, we've been together a year now, but. Uh, Quantum was always Taylor's baby, and he knew in his head what he wanted and what it was going to sound like. And I think with all of the other songs, we had a rough idea of, like, here are some directions we can take this in. But, you know, for the most part, aside from the, the basic, the guitar melody and the, the lyrics, there wasn't anything solid there. Uh, well, maybe solid's the wrong word, but there wasn't anything more to it than that. Like, these were songs that we had written, and that was the end. And Quantum was, was removed from that a little bit. And I think that was another reason why we saved it for the very end, um, because we knew it was going to take a great amount of time to try and realize, not necessarily a great amount of time, but a great amount of focus to realize what Taylor had in his head. <laughs> just, to, just to interpret my <laughs> grand vision for this thing. Yeah. And, um... <laughs> well, not to sound, I mean, not to no, make it sound, I, you know, No, you're right. Pretentious, you're absolutely like, right, a, though. Yeah. yeah, in a very beautiful way. Like, he... he had a vision, and I hope that we were able to realize it. No, totally. Yeah. I, well, but the thing is that is that my my real vision was sort of the the drums and the piano on that track. Mm -hmm. That was sort of the vision that I had. Um, and then the rest of it really was just what happened in in the studio. And, and a great moment during that track, uh, which is something that happened a lot during the process, was of me feeling like something was getting there to being good enough, and you saying, "No, this isn't enough yet." And um, the atmosphere on that track actually, actually, uh, a lot of it came because we were getting to the end of the process, and, and during that bridge kind of breakdown, Soraya kept saying, "You know, this isn't 
spacey enough, this isn't bassy enough, this isn't this is too small or whatever. And that kind of forced me to to take another angle on it. And that's when we we sort of um, built up a lot of the the noise kind of element of the that track, the atmosphere, yeah. the this the the ambience around all of the elements that that were already there. It's almost we also like spent. A, it's almost like a like like you could. The, the, like this song is like your band in microcosm in a microcosm you know it's like it's like this is you with an idea of what you want but then saying all right this is good enough and soraya saying no you can go farther we can go farther <laughs> yeah it, it was it was very much that process for sure it's funny taylor wrote a love song and we have quantum i wrote a love song and we have geriatric <laughs> <laughs> Speaks a lot to our personalities and the differences between us. But it's funny because because when I look at that, I think I, I really like geriatric just because I want to be less sort of serious in my songwriting. You know, I, I I really admire that that the lightness of it, which is something that next time I, I said about this is a direction I would prefer to go. You know, which I'm very happy with the way Quantum came out, yeah. but but I, I I love the humor of what what the way you wrote that song. That's funny because I felt like uh, you know listening back to Quantum, it was like ah this is this is good, this is beautiful. I want to write with a little less levity. I would like to write something with, you know, a little bit more substance, like Quantum. So, <laughs> um, I'm glad we're both We more. will trade and, and get back to, uh, to well, the next project. Interesting to see what would uh, come from that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we might as well hear it. Let's listen to Quantum. I mean it. Small 
Breaking musicians have risen from that scene. Absolutely, yeah. Wondering who your musical influences are (laughs) on a local level. That's hard. Um, I think it's funny. Taylor and I both have very diverse tastes in music. Yes. When when people say, "Oh, I like everything," it doesn't really mean that. But when Taylor and I say, "Oh, we like everything," we mean it, Um, but to different degrees. There are. There's, it's so interesting because there's a lot of overlap between our, our sort of our tastes and our leaning, but there's a lot of stuff that Taylor listens to. I told him this very early on. God made us friends to humble me <laughs> because I'm a snob, and I think that everything he likes 
I mean, I don't think this now, but at the time I was like, Jehoshaphat, what is this? This is no good. <laughs> I, well, and, I, I have, and I'm, not a, I'm not a snub by any stretch, and I do not have any shame about anything. And uh, a lot of the last couple of years for me has been the process of sort of um, coming to terms with the fact that I'm not embarrassed of a lot of the things I was really into as a teenager. And I don't think that we need to be embarrassed of the yeah. things we were into as a teenager. Yeah. Um, on a local level, it's interesting that you, you bring up the D.C. metro area. There is a lot of great music here. Uh, it's a really interesting indie kind of scene. And I'll say more so than any specific acts, I think the energy of it was was very cool to me. Um, I, I When I was younger and I played in a high school band, would go to a lot of open mics around here. Um, there's a really great, there's a, there's a real abundance of places to go do that. Um, and then a couple years ago, I got going to this place called uh, the Epicure Cafe in Fairfax, which is this amazing um, restaurant that does open mics with a lot of community kind of participation and involvement, and a, just a really welcoming atmosphere. It was it was um, it's an open mic night where you can go and, and kind of do anything, you know. Um, except for Oasis. Well, except for Oasis. <laughs> did they I, frown on that. Do they frown on that? It's like an unofficial rule. I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> But it's like if you play Wonderwall, they will stop you. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just a fair rule, though. Actually, um, I'm okay with. It. But they love Foo Fighter songs there, which is wow. I'm can't account for. I just said I just said that I wasn't going to be a snob about things, and I'm really not. That was just another uh, a lot. Of, you know, a lot of people will get up and play. Um, what's the one Foo Fighter song that I'm thinking of? Um, gosh, this is not the way you want the interview to go. <laughs> yeah. I don't <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's change the direction. To me. The next song, Nowhere to Go. And the reason I brought ah. this all up, and and, and they just, I just want you to hear uh, an outsider's perspective, having heard, hear, heard this song and knowing a little bit about you. But it sounds like it's a call to break new ground. Like, you want to be punk, but what does that even mean anymore? Is it a specific yeah. sound? Is it a lifestyle? Is it a fashion? And to me, punk is a state of mind, which is why when I hear someone's from D.C., I kind of go back to the 80s punk you know because that's yeah, yeah. Where i was listening to music as a teenager but it's really about that you've got that really big dc hardcore uh scene for sure and and a lot of the bands that i talk to around here are still very influenced by that it's it, it's definitely something that's in the water you know kind of up there right right and and i think it's even i think even maybe if, whether you realize it or not it's in yours too because i think punk is about taking music and stirring shit up so you have something completely new and cool as, as more than it is about a specific sound. And you two are definitely punk. <laughs> Thank what, you. What is Nowhere to Go really about? It's, is, it, My... is it about being in, the, in, in a place where, like, you, it's like, it feels to me like it's like, here's where you can break out because there's really nowhere to go because everything's done. Well, so my, my brother wrote Nowhere to Go um, when he was the age that I am now, uh, which is all probably like Jesus 10 years ago that's weird that is surreal to think about so my brother wrote this song 10 years ago and it was on the first album that he ever you know wrote and recorded and produced and all that well I say produced he didn't really do that but um it uh at the time without going too much into his personal life at the time I think it was he was 25 and his life was changing direction and he was changing direction and there were a lot of personal demons that he was overcoming and that was really what that song was about it was about facing those personal demons. Um, and uh, I've always loved that song. And it didn't necessarily mean any of that to me. It's just, it was always, it was always there. It was something that I would always hum. And it would, it's just a part of me. I've, you know, it's been around for so long. 
And I told Taylor, hey, I want to cover this song. He was super into it. And we listened to it maybe once or twice. And then we never listened to it again. And we just started doing different renditions of it and figuring out what we liked. And for me, it became... I I feel like, especially because I was sick, there was just, just so much room to be lost. <laughs> and there was so <laughs> much space and so much uncertainty and there's this great big question mark like okay well clearly everything that I was doing brought me to this point that almost killed me so I wasn't doing you know all of the things I needed to be doing for myself and uh like where do I go now what what, what am I doing there was also this feeling and not to speak for you um but I feel like there was also this sense that uh there was this real frustration I know with not being able to physically do the things that you wanted to do there was I mean that was something that you really struggled with was yeah. was also just waking up and not being able to get out of bed and go out and, and live your life the way you wanted to live your life. Shortly after I got home from the hospital, maybe like a week or two, I was still, I, when I say diseases plural, I mean diseases plural. <laughs> it was a rough time. And uh, I was still very, very sick. And I fell down the stairs. And I fell down the stairs and I broke my foot. And I had to get up and hobble my way to D.C. because I had to attend to some very time-sensitive business and there was no delaying it. So I was struggling in <laughs> every sense of the word. And that happened on a Monday. Uh, I think on Thursday of that week, I fell down the stairs again. Like the universe was trying to tell me to slow down and to stop and to take stock. And I wasn't doing that. And I broke my foot, which just compounded all of my misery because I was already physically incapable of getting myself around. And, and now I had this to deal with. And, um, it was funny, we'd be we'd be playing a song and we'd really nail it and I'd be really happy and I'd get up and I'd spin around and I'd spin around and like peer away on my broken foot and fall over like, oh no! <laughs> um, and so this song was a lot of that. There was a lot of joy because we were, we were realizing, you know, this thing that I've always loved and we were making it our own and manifesting something beautiful and new. And there was a lot of sorrow and a lot of grief and a lot of confusion and I think that's the real spirit of the song, you know, 25 years old and... I'm definitely going somewhere and I'm definitely doing big things and I'm proud of, of who I am and, and of what I'm becoming, but also what the butts. It even resonates in somebody like me who's 20 years older than the character of the song, you know, and it's stirring things up for me where, there, yeah, there's like, like even looking at my own life, like there is nowhere to go. Where, where do you go for, like when you reach that point, all you can do is like create your own mm -hmm. way. Yeah, and there's and there's musically you you mentioned this idea of sort of uh, I don't know uh, bucking whatever's whatever's the um, the rut or the pattern or, or or doing something punk in that way. And and every time we played this song until we hit on the way we wanted it to sound on the EP, we played it differently. Mm -hmm. We would uh, sit down and we'd say, "What do we want to play? Okay, let's play Nowhere to Go." And then we'd say, "Okay, but we can't play it the way we played it last time." And we'd we'd do something different rhythmically, or we'd try a different speed. We we try different you know keys, any number of things. Taylor would meditate for like a half second, and then he would just start strumming something different. And I was like, okay, let's go with that. And we'd all just, or I guess I say we, it was just me and him at that point. But I'd jump in, and and we'd sort of feel it out and explore it. That was a lot of fun to work on. It was very cool. It was it was a very cool experience. And so and so in that way, you know, we really weren't trying to. Um, we weren't really thinking about any kind of influence at all. We weren't really thinking about any kind of music at all. It, it was really just uh, how we felt about about interpreting that song in the moment, how we how we felt in that moment. And 
and then we get, we hit on this arrangement that really uh, that really resonated with us. And then um, I couldn't remember it for so long because we had played this song so many oh, different yeah. ways. We had so many memos that we had to dig through. I had to dig through to try and figure out like which was the one, which had the secret sauce, <laughs> because we could not remember for the life of us. Um, the interesting thing about Nowhere to Go to is anytime we cover a song, we we will learn it the way that it was you know, written and recorded and whatever, and then we'll break the rules and we'll, we'll sort of take it apart and, and reconfigure the pieces. And Mostly I, we just we play it a hundred times until mm-hmm, it's different. Mm-hmm. With Nowhere to Go, I think, for me at least, especially because it was something that my brother had written, it felt a little less... It's funny because it's in my mind it's a little bit more sacred for that reason, but creatively it was a little bit less important to follow the rules and to play it the way that it was written. We literally maybe played it one time the way that it was written. I don't even remember if we ever did. And then everything after that just became a free-for-all. Um, and we don't have that, we don't take that approach to anything else that we learned, which is interesting. So it was, there was a lot of freedom in it, which is great. I love that. I love that. Now what about casual jaundice that follows? <laughs> so, so uh, let's talk about sampling, yeah? <laughs> let's do it. So exciting. <laughs> so we, we had, um, Similar to so in, in nowhere to go, I don't know if you notice there is a sample in that song as well of uh, of a, a a man uh, of a man reciting some some cowboy poetry and uh, yes and that that was uh, in addition to the um, the sounds in casual jaundice so we to back up let me try this again we worked at a bookstore together uh, that's how we met. And um, and when you work at a used bookstore where people trade a lot of things in, you find some interesting uh, tapes and you find some interesting books and things. And so so that was sort of uh, that was a major source of inspiration for this EP as well. That was one where Alonzo had uh, showed up to band practice. He's still in the band at that point, and he went, "Hey guys, I found this, and I don't know what it is, but it looks <laughs> interesting." And we played it, and it is generic cowboy poetry. And we went, "Okay, yes, back pocket." And so we had recorded uh, we recorded a. a a good number of samples off that tape, I think, and then that was it. And Alonzo quit the band, and we forgot about it. And um, the other, the other bit of sampling that we did, though, was from a, a group of um, we we found one of those uh, children's books that plays music, and it had a bunch of, um, I guess, I guess hymns is the word, yeah, yeah, yeah it or, was a very well, biblical children's children's book. children's religious songs, I guess. And uh, and so we really liked the sound of it because it was this it was this book where the battery was was dying, dying on it. And it so, was trash, actually. I fished it out of the garbage, and I went, "Oh no, 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 no! This is too good." And I brought it to band practice. And so, uh, and um, again, post irony, I think there's something really beautiful about it, about about the this little light of mine, yeah. and it and it's it, it keeps on keeps on you know lighting up despite the fact that um, it was it was built to decay, it was built to fall apart and die, um, and it just keeps on playing. It's very thematic, also. Yeah, uh, and. Uh, <laughs> But but anyway, it was it was a real joy to then re reapproach those samples. Mm-hmm. Um, we spent a long time wondering about where we were go- where we were going to put those or if we were going to get to use them. Mm-hmm. I think I was very excited about the prospect of sampling. It's something that I'm really interested in and something that I really love hearing when I'm listening to music. So we knew we always knew we wanted to to try our hand at it. Um, and I, I remember I was sitting alone at home listening to the the fresh batch of demos that we had and I listened to Nowhere to Go and it just kind of clicked and I pulled out my phone and I did a really like rough recording of you know playing the demo and playing the cowboy poetry at the same time just recorded it on my phone and texted it to Taylor and I went this is it I figured it out this is where it goes um but yeah the uh the title for Casual Jaundice is fun too 
I was casually diagnosed with jaundice at one point, and um, that pissed me off to no end. <laughs> um, in addition to everything else that was going on, I thought that it was entirely too flippant an attitude for a doctor to tell me that jaundice was a casual thing and that I'd be <laughs> Um And so, yeah, I took that and we, we used it. That's cool. I don't mean to laugh at your illnesses, but I like your story. No, I mean, <laughs> someone should. I've been laughing at them since. That's what made this whole thing possible. This is Nowhere to Go, followed by Casual Jaundice. Pictures and talk like they're all dying out. 
like dinosaurs going to seed. That's my friend you're talking about. 25 years old and nowhere to go. as my favorite line in the whole thing. And it's the the part about Reagan and the economy. Yeah. Have you ever heard have you ever heard such a uh you know casual takedown of Reaganomics in your life? Oh, it's so good. I, lo- I love it. I That's love all, it. that was also incidentally one of my favorite lines on the EP as well. Oh, I'm so pleased. <laughs> you what, t- tell me about Chin Up Trickle Down. Chin Up Trickle Down is interesting because I think uh it's probably the song that the both of us have the least amount of like personal stake in. That was another thing. So Chin Up Trickle Down um, and uh, Geriatric Jush were two songs that were heavily influenced by Alonzo, our former bassist. He had this guitar riff that I think he'd, he'd come up with you know, probably years ago. It was something that he just played so casually and so beautifully. And um, he played it one day at practice. And again, I turned around and snapped my fingers and went, excuse me, what is that? Can we have that? <laughs> and, um, and so the two of you really worked on that yeah, song together. I remember uh, Alonzo and I, Taylor stopped working at the bookstore many, many moons ago, but Alonzo and I still worked there, and we'd, we'd see each other at work, and I'd, I remember trying to write this song with him, and I kept asking him, like, okay, so what is this about? I'll write the lyrics, just, just like, give me some direction. And uh, he really, he's such a he's such a cool, laid-back guy. He was like, I don't know, man, it's just, I don't know, go for it, just write something. And, <laughs> and I had to... It was like pulling teeth, like, no, but this is your song. I want to write this with you. And, um, yeah, I don't I don't even want to, I don't know. It just happened. It just came to me. All of the words sort of fell into place, and I tried not to 
have too much personal influence there because I really wanted Alonzo to feel like, no, but you did this man, you're in this band too. And I think it ended up just being, you know, a song that I wrote. And, and on top of that, musically, I feel like we also didn't want to approach that guitar riff yeah. so directly because because yeah. that was his, that was yeah. that was Alonzo's, and also it would have been a matter of us trying too hard to try and make to it replicate to replicate it, and make it sound like what he had written. And so um, I do miss hearing it though. It's, so it's a wonderful, it's a beautiful sound. If you can imagine listening to this um, this song, the riff that we we sort of emulated in the the piano and the melodica and the um, the vocals as well. Uh, just imagine that on just like solo finger picking guitar and it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and that's Alonzo's and that's always going to be Alonzo's. Yeah. Yeah. When we play it, we just, uh, cause I can't play the melodica and sing and drum and at the <laughs> same time. Um, I can barely do two of those things at the same time. We just end up vocalizing. We vocalize it. Yeah. yeah. We vocalize what would have been the guitar riff. Um, but it's nice. It's like a, a fun little thing that, that we know and that we have. And it's like the spirit of Alonzo is yeah. in that song. Yeah, definitely. Fine, but I'm tired and I'm alone. 
And it'll all work itself out And it'll all work itself out And if you ever start again Oh honey, I know I may not have the right to ask But I'd sure like to know Yeah, but I'd sure like to know I don't know about you, but I had a great time listening to that. Rosie Copacetic, they're so great. Soraya the Great and Taylor Bruckle. you got to check them out. Go to their Bandcamp page, rosiecopacetic.bandcamp.com, and download their informa- download their album. Check out their information. they got all kinds of cool stuff coming up. They're doing live things online, I know. Um, you got to just check them out. They're going to play us out here at the end. But before we go, if uh, you are in a band or you're a musician and you'd like to be featured on the Monday mixtape, send me a message on Instagram at artbellisdead or um, email artbellisdead at gmail.com and let's uh, get your voices and songs out there. Thanks for joining me tonight on Open Lines Radio. I'll be back on Friday for another episode of the Virtual Campfire and join me on Sunday with the one and only Holly for Open Lines. Um, Soraya and Taylor have one more for us tonight. This is it. Take it away, Rosie Copacetic. Okay, so this song that we're going to play is a cover uh, of a Noel Gallagher song. Noel Gallagher and his High Flying Birds wrote this song called If I Had a Gun. I'm a big Noel Gallagher fan. Um, big Oasis fan. Big, well, bigger Noel Gallagher fan than Oasis, but I do love I do love me some Oasis. Uh, despite I like some Oasis. Yeah, despite unpopular opinion, I will defend this. That's See, that's one where you're not a snob. Yeah. I, don't talk to me about it in public, though. <laughs> 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 I, I really came to have a new appreciation for Oasis from hanging out with you, yeah. so how about that? I, I became an unironic Oasis fan from <laughs> hanging out with you, even if you don't want to admit that you are. <laughs> <clears throat> Alright, hang on, let me, uh, let me clear my throat, let's do this. Oh, you know what? So, uh, here's a fun fact, can you hear my phone please, about Rosie Copacetic? Um, I never know the words to any of the songs, including the ones that I've written, and, uh, Taylor can never find a guitar pick or his capo. So today, I provided the guitar pick so that he wouldn't have to look for it, but now... I handed you your phone. Yeah, so now I need the lyrics. Right. Teamwork. <laughs> do make the dream work. All right. <clears throat> Let's do this. Let's do this.
much for joining me thank you so much for, for having, having us. us we're so excited to talk to you we really enjoyed it Today is gonna be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you By now you should have somehow realized what you gotta do I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now Backbeat, the word is on the street that the fire in your heart is out Sure, you've heard it all before, but you never really had a doubt. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. And all 
day But they'll never throw it back to you By now you should have somehow realized what you're not to do 